living through one of those changes that historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-C. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the end times continue. Uh, recording on the 11th of September. Huh. Yeah. That's an interesting date. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am Dino and you are? I am Ace. How's it going today, man? Uh, it's going. It is. Uh, man, uh, th- there is a... Man, it's so weird. The port on my motherboard is messed up. Um... Uh, and I hate the way it pops all the time. There's a, there is a, uh, there's an importance to this date. I think that we there both is. recognize. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like God, I still remember it. Uh, Wendy's got my order wrong, and oh, they uh, shit. never fixed it. <laughs> Didn't even give you your money back. No. Awful. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um. <laughs> Never forget where you were when Wendy screwed up Ace's yeah, order. Never forget, never forgive. <laughs> oh, man. 2001. 9-11-2001. Yes. Planes into buildings. Yeah. Uh, the old, uh, the, the, there was a, it was, it was kind of funny. There was a, uh, there was a thing that I saw where people were writing, uh, you know, like where they were on 9-11. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are way too many young people in the world. Oh, God, yeah. The number of Anytime people who is... didn't even exist Dude, when that happened. I don't know what it is. I'm just getting old and, like, crotchety, I guess. But whenever I hear someone who was born after the year 2000, I just, like, revolt in horror. Ugh. <laughs> Never, never having been in a world without the internet. Yeah. Never having experienced a dial-up modem. Oh God. <laughs> never, like, never having, never having seen those janky ass '90s cartoons and loving them. You're right. I, I, yeah. I can't. I can't comprehend it. Yeah. It's wild to me. But the the not knowing what MTV is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Or when it was actually t- like on TV, <laughs> not remembering when emo music was popular. This is one of the things too. The the uh, the it's people like fucking Tim Pool and stuff who like think they're older than they are mentally uh-uh. too. Because that dude made that stupid fucking song. I sat there and I listened to it and I subjected. I've not listened to it yet, dude. It is so bad. <laughs> it is the worst thing. It sucks. Um, and it is, it is just really, really bad, but I mean, more power to him. He wants to make music, I guess, but it's yeah. awful. Um, <laughs> I don't enjoy it. Uh, but he, um, he, he released that video and it's, and first of all, he said it was emo and it's like, this isn't emo music though. This is like a, a guy who was like never really into emo music's idea of emo music. You know what I mean? Oh, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like this is what this guy thinks emo music is, but it's not. And I'm not like I don't love emo music, but come on, it's better than that. <laughs> anyway, the uh the 
significance of the date, I think, cannot be ignored. Yeah. And uh, there was uh, the the LPNH actually posted a clip of Ron Paul from 2008. From the 2008, I believe it was the Republican primary. And uh, it's probably the most iconic Ron Paul moment. I oh, think, it's it's incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, here I can just play it. I have it pulled up. Yeah. It's it's going to be about two minutes and twenty seconds. Two minutes and or this so. Is at the Republican debate, the two thousand eight Republican primary debate. Yep, uh, broadcast on Rudy Fox Giuliani. News. Yes, yeah. yes, Rudy Giuliani was in it as well. Our, um, my favorite drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the video. Rather, you'll all get the audio, but here it is. It'll sound funny at the beginning, I'm sure, because things are still broken. Non-intervention was a major contributing factor. Have you ever read about the reasons they attacked us? They, they attack us because we've been over there. We've been bombing Iraq for 10 years. We've been in the Middle East. I think Reagan was right. We don't understand the irrationality of Middle Eastern politics. So right now we're building an embassy in Iraq that's bigger than the Vatican. We're building 14 permanent bases. What would we say here if China was doing this in our country or in the Gulf of Mexico. We would be objecting. We need to look at what we do from the perspective of what would happen if somebody else did it to us. Are you suggesting we invited the 9-11 attacks, sir? I'm, I'm suggesting that we listen to the people who attacked us and the reason they did it. And they are delighted that we're over there because Osama bin Laden has said, I am glad you're over on our sand because we can target you so much easier. They've already now, since that time, have killed 3,400 of our men, and I don't think it was necessary. Wendell, may I make a comment on that? That's really an extraordinary statement. That's an extraordinary statement of someone who lived through the attack of September 11 that we invited the attack because we were attacking Iraq. I don't think I've ever heard that before, and I've heard he some also didn't say that. explanations for September 11. Ugh, fucking clapping for that shit. Yeah. And I would, I would ask the congressman to withdraw that comment and tell us that he didn't really mean that. Congressman? I believe very sincerely that the, that the CIA is correct when they teach and, and talk about blowback. When we went into uh, Iran in 1953 and installed the Shah, yes, there was blowback. The reaction to that was the taking of our hostages, and that persists. And if we ignore that, we ignore that at our own risk. That if we think that we can do what we want around the world and not incite hatred, then we then we have a problem. They don't come here to attack us because we're rich and we're free. They come and they, and they attack us because we're over there. I mean, what would we think if we? It's uh, that's the end of that video. It's two minutes and twenty seconds of the max on Twitter, but um. That is uh, so telling. Just the response. Yeah. The response uh, to that I is so that, I always forget. I, I, I always forget that the crowd claps. I always, Every time I watch uh, the video, I always forget that the crowd like cheers at Rudy Giuliani's come, quote-unquote comeback. Uh, that's uh, terrible. It is, yeah, really disheartening. Uh, it's like, man... Uh, like the Ron Paul uh, 2008 election is like one of the most tragic events in American history. It really is bad. It really like, is bad. Yeah. It, it, oh. the, 
just the, the the response to that the the fact that when when Ron Paul first answered the question um the there were there was a little bit of clapping like in the background like you could yeah. hear the, the the people in the back of the room the guys at the back of the bus you know what i mean right. were were clapping for that and it was like yeah obviously and then Rudy Giuliani jumps in with his fucking hey, I live through the minute. Shut uh, up. How could you how could you say such a thing? How could you ever say fucking bin Laden said it? Yeah. I, I don't I don't understand the confusion. Oh my god. Yeah. Mm. Wait, especially like it, it's so infuriating when you look back because it's like uh, when you when you listen to what Ron Paul's saying, he's saying the most simple things, and that's not to like discredit anything Ron Paul did, but it's like these are very like simple intuitions. You don't like you don't need to think really hard to grasp what he's saying. Yeah, this isn't uh, this isn't some deep lore of uh, yeah, global it, geopolitics. Yeah, <laughs> it just makes it's sense like, huh, on its face. Maybe, perhaps, when you go over to other countries and murder people's children, they might hate you. They might just get mad about that. Huh. And when you desecrate wow. what they consider to be holy land with military land. bases, yes. maybe they're going to be mad about that. Right. Maybe even mad enough to fly a couple of planes into some buildings. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous to me that, yeah. that people still to this day cannot comprehend this reality. Yeah. Especially after everything that happened with ISIL... Everything that happened yeah. with every, everything that's happened in Afghanistan, after all of this, people still cannot comprehend this very simple reality. Yeah, and, and and in fact, they can't comprehend it. But at the same time, they enact it, right? So the very same people who will deny blowback will use the justifications of blowback to want to go over and kill those people in the Middle East. Right? Exactly. Say, well, they attacked us, so we got to go over there and attack them. Uh, it's it's <laughs> well, but but that's what you're saying. They're not saying, like that's I know, what you're. Yeah. you're <laughs> oh God, um, I found when I was doing some some reading for and and looking some things up uh, last night. I had looked up when the Bin Laden interviews took place, like the, those interviews mm-hmm. that took place in like what was it ninety ninety six or seven ninety eight ninety seven um, or something like that. I thought, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and up in that period where he was in uh, 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 Osama was in his compound in Helmand Province, and um, and I was uh, I was talking about this uh, with you in particular because of the mm-hmm. strange argument that that he couldn't be located. <laughs> this is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it, Time Magazine was there. Yeah, like. <laughs> it's like what do you mean what do you mean you can't find him he's being interviewed right now um <laughs> one of the people who uh who undertook to interview bin laden wrote an opinion piece in the washington post in uh on september 10th uh 2021 one year ago tomorrow and um uh it's a it is a fascinating piece uh, the the headline is I met Osama bin Laden three times. I'm sorry to say his story is not over. He writes twenty years ago. Oh, the, I should say who the author is. Uh, this is Hamid Mir. Um, twenty years ago, seven weeks after nine eleven, I was the last journalist to interview Osama bin Laden. We met in Afghanistan in the middle of the U.S. bombing campaign. 
Bin Laden boasted that he had laid a trap that would end up humiliating the United States in Afghanistan, just as had happened to the Soviet Union. He also predicted talks between the United States and the Taliban. Two decades later, Bin Laden is dead, but those predictions have come true, and they weren't the only ones that did. Americans can find some small consolation perhaps in the fact that they managed to take revenge by hunting him down and killing him, but the bigger picture is less reassuring. Al-Qaeda still remains in Afghanistan, and its offshoots continue to wage war in other parts of the world. The rise of the Islamic State has shown that ideas even more extreme than Bin Laden's continue to find followers. I'm not sure that the United States and the rest of the West has fully absorbed this lesson. And, uh, and, and so he continues, but it's... I, I want to interrupt the flow of this mm-hmm. in order to point out that the rise of the Islamic State was Al-Qaeda. The Islamic yes. State, before it was ISIL, was Al-Qaeda in Syria. Yes. And their, uh, the, the, the operation which armed them in the Syrian Timber civil Sycamore. war, Timber, Timber Sycamore, exactly, effectively gave rise to the Islamic State. And Scott Horton, I believe, at one time uh, pointed out that Kerry, Secretary Kerry, had said that um, he was willing to risk the establishment of a caliphate in order to fight in to in order to arm the rebels in Syria. Yeah, Al Nusra. Yes. Um it's a it is a it's a a fascinating example of the follies of US uh foreign policy, much like Ron Paul was talking about. Yeah. I I find it to be <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, to say embarrassing and then treasonous. Uh, uh, yeah. To say. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked before about, and, and, and you've presented this argument before, but um, just mm-hmm. to reiterate it, we've talked before about the idea that the people who argue who, uh, that the bombing of Japan, uh, of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, yes. was justified because these people supported the actions of their government. Right. That is that is the argument most people propose as to why the citizens of Japan, who were killed by those atomic bombings, uh, deserved it in some sense. And, and of course, yeah, uh, we can use this argument if if that's the if that's the ground level if that's the base of their argument that support for these heinous wars these um, um, terrible things done by your government if you support that then you are therefore guilty uh, partially at the very least if that's the argument then one could make the case that and now i'm not making this case but i'm saying one could if following this logic you could make the case that the people who died on 9-11 um, most of them maybe at least uh, were justified because they either at the very least supported the um, iraq war one let's say or at the very very least they were completely indifferent to it and paid their taxes to it in a representative democracy, right. uh, which is much more, which is much more, you can make the argument much stronger um, about a representative democracy, people being um, guilty for the crimes of their government than you can for an imperial state. Um, I, so. I absolutely agree. And that is, I mean, that's, the, I mean, here's the thing. You're not arguing for that. They I'm are. not arguing that at all. That's right. Exactly. Yes. They are. When they make this line of argument where they say, well, we had to because they supported their government or because they weren't assassinating, you know, if they if they actually right. didn't support what the government was doing, they would have killed the emperor. <laughs> right. And it's like, right. well, if you didn't support what was being done in the Middle East between basically from from Bill Clinton or from H.W. Uh, Bush all the way up to 
Bush the later, <laughs> Bush the younger. Right. If you didn't, so if you didn't support all that, you would have killed all those guys, right? Right. Of course. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, so. Yeah, so you you cannot hold the both these positions at the same time. If you hold that the people in Japan deserved it, the the innocent civilians deserved it, well then you if that is truly your argument, then you have to logically you're logically bound to say that maybe the people on nine eleven deserved it. Now I, I find both those positions horrible. Yeah, I think they're wrong. Yeah, they're uh, they're, they're equally the dumb. That, <laughs> yeah, that's the line of their reasoning. That's where it takes them. Yeah, necessarily. Yeah. Um and so this is one of those things where you, you got to be careful what logic you're applying and why and where, because you can oh, find yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. You can find yourself arguing for shit that you would never in your life argue for, but yeah. you in fact are arguing for it. Um, so uh, that's why I, I found, uh, sorry, I just want to say, that's why I found Ron Paul's argument. So appealing is Ron Paul would always argue. What if another country was doing the same thing to us? Right. What if uh, China was coming in here, building a bunch of, of American bases yeah. on like land uh, you considered holy or, or had some special meaning to you or was just like taking your land and just uh, putting a base on it and yeah. saying that they had jurisdiction there? Um, I, I think most people like if that was happening here, you would see most American politicians probably saying, no, we have to, you know, we have to repel these people with violence. Uh. Well, right, exactly. And Scott Horton continues that tradition by saying, you know, what if what if a a, a, a military suddenly dropped a bunch of people in Texas, yeah, and and started trying to run the place, going door to door, exactly, yeah. um, night raids and killing innocent people and all that. Like it, yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't last very long. But that's the and 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 the other point too. I, I wanted to point out his argument about what if they did this in the Gulf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that did happen and <laughs> it's called the Cuban Missile Crisis and it nearly destroyed yes. the world yes <laughs> so we know how we react in the face of that it came right. down to basically one guy and his staff Kennedy not blowing the world up yeah <laughs> just making that choice not to do that yeah just like, man, maybe some other time. <laughs> it brought us to the brink of nuclear annihilation. That's what yeah. happens when you do that in the Gulf. Yes. So the, 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 that question in itself, I mean, it's, a, it's an excellent question to raise, sure. But the answer is, is uh, there and disturbing. <laughs> we don't like it very much when that kind of thing happens. So why would yeah, we expect shocking, anybody else huh? to respond differently? Well, because we're, you know, the enlightened people being over here in the United States and they're just a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're just third worlders. You know, yeah. that, because that honestly, that was what you heard after 9-11 all the time. You're like, oh, those they're just a bunch of, you know, ragheads, blah, 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 you know, uh, all that shit. And it's just like it's just, you know, and it's not shocking, but it's just this like dehumanization that goes on in war. You have to have this like war propaganda to get people on board most of the time uh, to like just say, oh, yeah, who cares if, if you know, like 20,000 of those people die tomorrow in a bombing raid. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I want to continue with this piece because the next paragraph yeah. is 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 says something very interesting. Um, 
when I met Bin Laden for the first time in a cave in the Tora Bora Mountains of Afghanistan in 1997, he predicted that the United States would soon cease to be a superpower and surprised me by suggesting, get this, surprised me by suggesting an allegiance, I'm sorry, an alliance of Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran, and China against the United States and India. Very hmm. interesting thought. Yeah. And an interesting thought because such an alliance exists. Yes. It's not quite all those same countries. Yeah, it's, yeah. But the BRICS is a thing. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Yeah. That is the, that is the economic block against which the U.S. is attempting yes. to, uh, to fight an economic war. Right. So the, the, the idea, just that, that little piece there made me really think. I was like, man, what did Bin Laden see coming down the pike that yeah. made well, him mean, almost predict this? And as you said before, like, this was not Bin Laden's strategy. Like, it wasn't just, uh, 9-11 was just not, it was not just a revenge attack. It was a provocation, right? It was designed it, Bin to Laden be. wanted, yes, it was designed to be a provocation where uh, Bin Laden would lure the United States into the Middle East into an ongoing conflict. A conflict that he, I think he rightly predicted, the United States could not win. Similar, obviously, as, as the article mentioned before, to the USSR, what happened in Afghanistan. Exactly. So, yeah, Baiting the uh, United States into a land war in Asia. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. It the works. old classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking worked. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to say other than I guess, you know, if if that's your plan, oh, well, yeah, it happened. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a fascinating thing. And he he had said that on multiple occasions that he wanted to give the United States another Vietnam, that he wanted to give the yeah. United States another war they were going to get bogged down in and couldn't possibly win. And he and he did it. And I mean, it worked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, continuing from this, from this, uh, from this piece here, as from the story, it's not really a story, it's an op-ed, but, uh, the United States is still a superpower, of course, but the second part of his prediction seems to be coming true as I write. Iran has made overtures to the Taliban government, and it, in turn, has signaled to China that it's willing to forgive Chinese crimes against the Muslim Uyghurs in exchange for recognition and support. China has just responded by offering $31 million in emergency aid to the new Afghan government. Bin Laden understood that the power of the United States would force its enemies to make common cause. He understood that America's strength was also its weakness. After 9-11, I covered wars from Iraq to Syria, from Lebanon to Palestine. Bin Laden had gained the respect of many Muslims, not because of his religious ideology, but due to the U.S. occupation of Iraq and Washington's support for puppet governments around the Islamic world. I interviewed Secretary of State Colin Powell, that fucking asshole, uh, that was that was me editorializing, not the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Condoleezza Rice, Hillary Clinton, John F. Kerry, and many top U.S. military officials after 9-11. They made sweeping claims about their successes in the war against terrorism, but they seemed unaware that the war was actually producing more terror. The Islamic State is only one example of the blowback generated by the U.S. invasion in Iraq. Um... People still deny this. Yeah, still to this day. Like, it, it, people have gotten a little bit better on Iraq, right, over time, because, like, sure. it's hard not to. Like, and that's a low bar. Like, that is the lowest of low bars to say, you know, Iraq wasn't justified. 
Uh, Nor was but, Afghanistan, but still, and there's people who don't know why was, Afghanistan yeah. wasn't justified. But but I mean, neither of those wars was necessary or just. But oftentimes, but oftentimes they'll well they'll say that well you know Iraq uh, that that wasn't justified. They still miss the bigger picture of saying that oh yeah um, this caused more terror attacks, not less. <laughs> well, uh, we. We saw that here. The, there were there were terror attacks on American soil. Some of the few yes. that are actually real and not set up by the FBI, which about ninety yeah. what is it ninety five percent of them are set up by the FBI. Something like that, yeah. Um, that that's uh, comes from Trevor Aronson's TED talk. It's many years old at this point, but the the, the information there is still good. Um, Trevor Aronson's TED talk, uh, how the FBI creates terrorism, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, excellent, excellent TED Talk. I recommend watching. It's one of my favorite videos on the internet. Um, but the, the one of the some of the few ones that have been real have been motivated by United States actions abroad. Uh, yes. Um, the specific ones that come to mind are the Zarnayevs uh, yes, in the Boston yeah. bombing and uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting. Yeah. Those were those were terror attacks that were motivated by United States actions abroad, and you can't deny that, especially when you listen to the phone call. I mean, look, you can say a lot about the Zarnayas and their kids and they're dumb and yada yada yada, whatever. But uh, and whether or not they had a handler is also something I haven't seen disputed or not not disputed, or disproven really. I'm, I don't know. I think the Zarnayas might have been one that got out of hand. Um, one of the FBI's ops that got out of hand, but the Pulse nightclub shooting, if you listen to those calls and, and read those transcripts and stuff, that they're, they're abs- that is absolutely not motivated by hatred of gay people. Um, right. That, that individual, I can't even remember the shooter's name now, but that individual did not know that that was a gay bar. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. That was entirely motivated by U.S. actions abroad. So the, the idea that these things aren't the result of, of U.S. policy... Um, is counter to all evidence. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> it's insane to me that people still argue, and, and a lot of these neocons, these people who are these, uh, well, you know, like the, what, what's the guy, the superpower broadcast, what's his, uh, shit, I Kevin forget it. Kevin Castley! These kinds of fucking guys. Shout <laughs> out to you, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot um they still argue that this isn't real yeah, yeah. no yeah he, yeah so those types will deny that timber sycamore was a thing at all it never happened it was just fake news they'll deny that the united states redacted 28 pages of information pointing to saudi arabia as the primary financiers of 9-11 they act like that's not yeah. real. They act like that's not the case. The pages are out. Ally, Saudi Arabia. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, it wasn't the real royal family. It was just people who were close to the royal family. Yeah, yeah. I know. Maybe they should be, you know, maybe a phone call. Figure out, hey, uh, House yeah. of Saud, what the fuck is going on with this? Right. <laughs> Oh. Get a fucking handle on your people, please. They're flying planes into our buildings. Yeah. Also, just to talk about Iraq for a second. You know, obviously, you know, we we're the types. Well, we harp on this all the time, but it, it can never be overstated how much of a lie straight to the American public's face I, I, the Iraq War was sold as. Oh God. Like, oh. Oh, we have to go. You know, we were attacked on nine eleven. 
And that's why we have to go into Iraq. Exactly. Everyone applauds. Yeah, yeah. yeah they exactly. still couldn't even find Iraq on a map. No. Like, it, it's like uh, no idea, none whatsoever. Oh, uh, what, oh um, Bin Laden and uh, Saddam Hussein had a secret partnership, and uh, um, Hussein has weapons of mass destruction. This is bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Totally, totally unverified, unverifiable. And the the, yeah. the interesting thing about it too is that now it's such a weird thing culturally. George W. Bush is, like, allowed to make jokes about that. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, don't, I don't, you probably don't have this clip, but um, I, a while back, uh, I think it was, like, six months ago or so, uh, Bush made, like, a Freudian slip, and he, he I think it was, well, he was talking about Ukraine and Russia. I yes! Think he to, like, unjust, yes! Yes! An unjustified attack or invasion or something, and he and, said... And he uh, said, Iraq. Yeah. And he, and, and, and this then this unjust I think like, he said this unjustified invasion of uh, of of Iraq. Iraq. And then he and then he goes uh he goes uh uh, uh Ukraine. Ukraine. And then <laughs> and then he goes uh, Iraq. Iraq too. <laughs> Iraq too. Yeah, yeah, just giggling. <laughs> and it's like Aww, you just let it. How many people yeah. did you fucking kill you scumbag? And it's a right. joke. It's like, funny. Yeah. Yeah. That honestly then there are a few things that get my like libertarian blood boiling more than knowing that these uh you know sick pieces of shit get to go on TV and like laugh about their mass murder uh, oh, yeah. and just everyone's just like oh yeah you know applauds oh aren't you know they they treat them like uh, royalty like you know oh that picture of Michelle Obama hugging George Bush isn't that just the sweetest thing ever yeah. Aww. Uh, how, yeah. how sweet it's just Fucking like ugh. puppy dog president yeah. Fucking bullshit. I hate it so much. Yeah, it, you know what I want? One of these days, and, and and this little thing reminded me too, this little little paragraph here. One of these days, uh, I, I wish I could do it, but anybody, please, please, get Condoleezza Rice privately, even off record, to talk about what she was doing as a principal during the, the Bush administration. What was she doing? What was she thinking? Where did she stand on all this? Because mm-hmm. Condoleezza Rice, uh, first of all, intelligent woman. Secondly, she was quoted, and I can't remember where, but she was. it might have been in Bob Woodward's book or in one of Scott's books. Uh, Bush at War. Uh, or one of Scott's books. I'm not sure which one. But she was quoted as having said, why are we killing Pashtuns? We should be killing Arabs. Like, like the, the, the Al-Qaeda is Arabs. These Pashtuns, the Taliban, have nothing to do with this. Right. And, and, and I, I want one of these days someone to get her to be honest about, did you just go along with this to keep your rank, to keep close to the decision-making and the power? Or right. did you actually believe this shit? Right. I so would at least be if, fascinated if you believed to hear it, the answer. At least if you believed it, there's still some amount of you know leeway you can give someone, right? If but if they knew it was a lie going in and they still did it anyway, then that's just reprehensible. It is um, reprehensible, but there's also I think there's an argument to be made though too. If you're if you're somebody like Connelly's Rice, let's 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 say that her motives are as pure as can be, right? And that she's a I'm just giving the benefit of the doubt for the sake of it. It's sure. not I'm not making any statements, but. Um, it, it, let's, let's just, let's just say that she, uh, 
did not believe that the decisions that were being made by the president and by the the staff were the right calls. Did Mm -hmm. she stay close so she could try and turn down the heat where she could? You know what I mean? Like, like I think think there's an argument to be made that trying to stay close and maybe you go along with some shit you think is wrong, but, um, but you can then you still got the president's ear. You know what I mean? There's an sure. argument to be made for that. It's not ethically sure. pure, but I mean, none sure. of this is. Right. So it's one of those things that I, 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 I would love just to hear what Condoleezza Rice, speaking honestly and from the heart, actually has to say about this. Yeah. Because, the, because I think I always get the feeling when I see her talk about this kind of stuff, I always get the feeling that she's towing a line and she mm-hmm. doesn't really believe it. You know what I mean? Sure. Whereas, you know, guys like uh, uh, some of the some of the guys who were the principals at that time, they believe it wholeheartedly. I mean, these are neocons through and through. I'm not I don't know if all of them believed it wholeheartedly. I I think and I I can't like prove that they didn't. But I I think a lot of them just really wanted regime change. Right. You you had that list of the the, what is it? The seven countries. I mean, that's what I mean. They believe is that they believe that that's what they should have been doing. Like they believe that that was what to do. Right. Um, like the Rumsfelds and, uh, that you were, right. you were mentioning the, uh, the West Clark seven. Yes. Yes. Uh, is Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Sudan, Somalia, and Iran. Yep. And of those who's clear, uh, who, who's <laughs> they got. Okay. Let's run through the list again. They got well, I- Iran is the only one at the moment that hasn't had a hot, like a hot conflict with the U S uh, recently. That's true. Iran's the only one in the clear. Because the the rest of them have all uh, been hit, or like they yeah. were they were either taken out or they tried to take them out. Libya with Gaddafi, yeah. um, and that's Syria. why all these yeah, and that's why all these hawks are always talking about Iran because it seems to me that's the only one left that they haven't actually like been able to make any uh, ground on. Well, they weren't able to beat Syria. I no, mean, no, they, they weren't they, able to beat it, but they still tried. They tried, and they <laughs> rebelized the whole country. I mean, Syria is kind of a yeah, non-issue yeah. at this point, right? They 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 got the they got the contractors in there and they turned it into rubble uh, yeah. and they they you know and then they expected uh, <laughs> how is it that Scott puts it they expected uh, Al Nusra um, Al Qaeda in Syria they expected them to march toward Damascus but then they turned around and marched into Baghdad <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, oh shit! Now we got this on our hands. All right. Yeah. And then they changed their name to uh, to yeah. ISIL. So just to just to like lay the groundwork and just to uh, under for people who may not like know uh, about this, um, the United States government, um, o- Obama in particular, armed Al Qaeda, the the group that was primarily responsible for flying planes into buildings. Oh, that was the group. Yeah. It was it, it that was, was Al Qaeda. Yeah. I mean Al Nusra yeah. is a is like an offshoot, but it's it it's the branches on the same tree. Exactly. Yes. So Obama financially aided materially and, and financially in, in some regard with weapons and uh, supplies and, and money in general. Training! Remember, there was, that was a boots-on-the-ground conflict. Training. The United States yes. was not supposed to have boots-on-the-ground in Syria, and I remember there was this, uh, there was a, a, a reporter in the press pool at the Pentagon. He was one of the best reporters in that goddamn room on any given day, and he 
asked, um, what was his name? Comey? Was that his name or is that the FBI guy? Shit, I can't remember. Uh, wait, Comey's the FBI guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember what the guy's name was anymore, but he was the Obama's, uh, uh, the, the, the guy who was giving the press uh, briefings at the Pentagon and he asked uh, this, this reporter whose name I forget I'm, and I'm so ashamed of it because he's so great. Um, he said, you stood up there and told us that there would be no boots on the ground in Syria. And we come to learn that there are, in fact, boots on the ground in Syria. Were you lying to us then? What's going on? And he basically says, I never did that. But you can go back and find the clip. He absolutely said there will be no American boots on the ground in Syria. And it was a lie. Yeah. So the I'm sorry, I, I hate to interrupt with that, but that's that's no, no, that's no, no, a no. facet of this that gets overlooked yeah. is there were American boots on the ground training Al Nusra. Yeah. And the point is, that is high treason. Yes. Like, that is high treason. Uh, so. Absolutely. Aid and comfort well. to the enemy, and in, like, definitionally. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, let's, 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 <laughs> let's return to this piece. Um, okay. There is no doubt that the United States managed to hunt down and, and kill many top Al-Qaeda, Taliban, Islamic State leaders with drones after 9-11. Yet it's also true that the collateral damage from those attacks produced hundreds of new suicide bombers. These suicide bombers became the Taliban's most effective weapon against the U.S. and NATO forces in Afghanistan. Now the Taliban is facing, is, I'm sorry, is itself facing suicide bombers from the Islamic State. Military power can solve some problems, but it often creates more. Bin Laden wanted to, repro- to provoke the United States into a massive use of military force because he understood that this would cre- create more problems than it solved. Yet, uh, yet war is not the only way for a country to pursue its interests. Washington should not repeat its past mistakes. The Americans and their allies abandoned Afghanistan after the, the withdrawal of Soviet troops in 1989. That tipped Afghanistan into civil war, and the Taliban was the ultimate result of that war. Now the country is on the, is on the verge of becoming a failed state again. Uh, and this was written, by the way, before the Afghanistan pullout, uh, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, before that was completed. No, just after. Just after September oh, 10th, okay. the Afghanistan pullout was a year ago uh, on the night of the uh, the the um, Puddin Brain Hitler speech <laughs> that Biden gave. <laughs> <laughs> so that that you know was how little a that narrows it down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a year ago. That day, it's like a week ago. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, so that that was the one year anniversary, which means that this was written probably a, a week and a half, you know, or so after after the Afghanistan pullout. The United States can prove Bin Laden wrong by forcing the Taliban to implement the Doha agreement, the Doha agreement negotiated by the Trump administration. The Americans should pressure the Taliban to stick to its promises that Afghanistan will not be used as base for attacks against any other country. The Biden, uh, Biden administration officials are understandably unhappy about the Taliban takeover, but they should realize that they still have genuine leverage. The United States has frozen Afghanistan's assets. The Taliban needs money to run the state. The United States should do its best to, uh, to use this to force the Taliban to include women and other political groups in the country's power structures. It is undeniably true that the United States' withdrawal from Afghanistan will strengthen Islam- Islamist militias everywhere. 
But if the Taliban fails to bring peace and security to Afghanistan, then the results might be even worse. Failed states are the most attractive basis for people such as Osama bin Laden. He moved from, the, from a weak Sudan to a failed Afghanistan in 1996 and then proceeded to plan 9-11. In an interview in 1998, he told me that the United States could kill him, but that it would never capture him alive. He was right about that, too. Let's not allow him to be right about anything else. Very interesting piece. Wow, yeah. Very interesting piece. And if we remember the, that, that it's such an interesting timeline. People, like I said, there's too many young people. And, and, uh, and, and history in this country began in 2015 at this point. So nobody remembers that, first of all, that bin Laden was uh, one of the Mujahideen. That bin Laden was practically an asset at one point. Yeah. Nobody, oh, yeah. rem- nobody remembers that. Nobody remembers that. Well, there's, that, was... there's that newspaper uh, footage of him. Is like, what is it? Um, uh, during the USSR invasion of Afghanistan, saying like, and it's a picture of uh, Bin Laden talking about like them repelling the USSR. Yeah, yes. yeah. Dedicated to the to the brave freedom fighters of the Mujahideen or whatever it's or whatever. Oh, the, yeah. Rocky three is it Rocky three or four? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm sorry. Is is not Rambo? Rambo two. Rambo. Rambo. Rambo two yeah. or three? Yeah. The dedicated to the brave fighters of the Mujahideen. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking bug nutty, dude. Oh yeah. And even then, even once the, once the Taliban was already in place in Afghanistan, and this is something that's been talked about a lot, but but it bears repeating, frankly, um, the Taliban tried to give over Bin Laden multiple Three times. times. Yeah. yeah, the Taliban yeah. tried to get together with multiple deals to hand over Bin Laden, and they 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 what they couldn't do was give him directly to the United States. Right, and that's because of that's. That's a a cultural thing. That's because of yeah. the Pashtunwali Honor Code. They they, they weren't going to be allowed to do that. He was a guest in the country. The very first time um, they that when they were uh, talking about giving him over to the United States, the, they asked for proof. The United States did not give any evidence at all. Yeah, they said uh, we don't need any, we don't need to prove anything to you. Yeah, and then the second time they're like, okay, this was, and then the bombs started dropping in October of two thousand one. And then the Taliban was like, okay, okay, we will hand them over to a neutral third party and then you can take it from there. Well, the first the first deal was one of the uh, was one of that they would hand him over to one of the nations that was part of the. uh, Oh, I can't remember the organization. It's the group of Islamic nations in the region. Shit. Um, It's like a Middle East UN kind of thing, but it's it's based on this shit. I can't remember what that group is called, but they said any other member nation of this we can hand them over to. And that would have included, I think, at the time, Turkey and Pakistan, who were allies Mm -hmm. um, at the time. And the second deal was the neutral third nation. Um, Yes, that's that's correct. Yeah. What was the third one? uh, I don't remember the third one. Oh, it was any other third party was the third one. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yes. Any other third party. So basically, they could have sent him to an airstrip in the UK. They were basically trying to say, hey, or take him, please, at that point. Like, they were practically begging the United... Because they wanted the bombs to stop. They wanted... They were saying, stop stop dropping bombs. We'll hand them over to a third party. Just stop. And the US said, nope, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Yep. And then... We we will not... That's where that speech comes from. Yes. 
People don't know where the way what the context of that is, but the context of that is no, we're not going to take Bin Laden from yeah. the Taliban. That's what he and was then, saying. Yeah, and then the United States overthrew the Taliban in uh, uh, Kabul, and then and then not just that. Uh, then Osama bin Laden and Ayman al-Zawahiri escaped into Pakistan. Yeah. And they were given an order to stand down. They, they said, you do not, you cannot follow him into here. And Pakistan was a friendly allied nation at the time. They could have walked across the border and just grabbed him. Yes. And they did not. They refused. Because the point was not to catch Osama bin Laden. Yeah. That was never the goal. Yes. It was never the goal. The goal was to establish a foothold in the Middle East. The goal yes. was to get into the Middle East and to launch those invasions and those, uh, those attacks on those countries that Wes Clark listed. That was yes. the point. That was the goal. Yeah. yeah. And using, using regional allies, for example, I'm convinced that the only reason that nothing happened with the Saudis after... After uh, the commission report basically said, oh, yeah, the, the, the Saudi royals uh, or people very close to the Saudi royals are involved in financing 9-11. Yeah. When that, when that came out, well, it never really came out. It was in the 28 pages. Um, but people knew about it. You, you had to, there was a, a congressman who was talking about, I remember Glenn Beck was talking about this. Do you remember when Glenn Beck was at Fox News and he was all mm-hmm. over the 28 pages? Yes, yes, I remember that. Um, he had, there was, a, there was a congressman on, and he was talking to him, and he said, look, in order to, you can read those 28 pages if you have clearance. He said, what you have to do is you have to go into the basement in the, in the congressional library. I believe that's where they were kept. You have to go into the basement. You have to turn in your phone and everything electronic to a guard. You get to, you get to go in and read them, and you're not allowed to say anything about what you read. Yeah, <laughs> they basically take you to a dark room and just like here, here it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's you can't you could not uh, you you there, there was no way that that stuff was ever going to come out until it was eventually declassified. The twenty eight page, the twenty eight redacted pages, and it w- yeah. pointed to the House of Saud. <laughs> it pointed yeah. to the Saudi royal family. And so the, 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 I'm convinced that nothing happened as a result of that because the United States was leveraging its relationship with Saudi Arabia. First of all, Saudi Arabia is a very lucrative, uh, lucrative partner to have. Uh, they buy a lot of shit. Um, yes. But also because the United States was leveraging its relationship with Saudi Arabia to maintain activities in the Middle East. Without, without that relationship with Saudi Arabia, you don't get a war in Iraq. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. They needed that relationship. Yes. And then that was what was most important at the time, was getting that war in Iraq. It wasn't about... It, it, was, it was never about no. bin Laden. If it, yeah, if, and if it was about bin Laden, then they had multiple chances to capture him. Multiple. And they turned them down every single time. So when, when, when they're trying to say that, oh, well, we just couldn't find him. He was hidden in the mountains. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, he they, was... They, Nobody knew where he was, but uh, right. he had just been interviewed at that same compound in, in Helmand province. He had just right. been interviewed like a year before the attacks. Yeah. And they all knew this here. I'm, I'm yeah. grabbing. I think I'll just leave a chunk of silence because I'm going to grab, I'm grabbing the West Clark okay. thing and I want to play it. 
Okay. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you got to come in. you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if... If the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. That, there you go. The West Clark 7. Yeah. Yeah. That's General Wesley Clark in an interview. Uh, I do not know when it was done, but it's, I believe it's in 4 by 3 aspect ratio. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if anyone came to him after he did that interview and just, like, scolded him. Oh, or I, have, like I have no idea. No idea. But he... <clears throat> He, I mean, this is a this is such a telling piece of audio. It's one of my favorite pieces of audio, yeah. um, because it's they, they wanted to take out seven countries in five years. Ambitious. Uh, it took a little longer than that, but it, but they've pretty much done that list at this point. Mm-hmm. It never that that plan never ended. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still ongoing. It didn't end when Bush left office. I mean the 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 if the old uh, the the if you remember when uh when 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 Libya and I'm, I know you remember I'm just saying generally if you remember when Libya was taken when Libya was taken when Gaddafi was found in a was found in a culvert when when we came we saw and he died as Hillary Clinton put it when that happened Obama was president yeah this this plan never went away no not at all. I'm, I am I am continually disgusted by these people. Yeah, no, these are the worst scumbags, uh, probably on Earth. Uh, at least they, they're in that grouping. Uh, maybe it's not exhaustive just to the United States, and I wouldn't say it was, but they're certainly in the grouping of the worst scumbags on Earth. Absolutely. They and this this is not God. There's so much to this. There is so yeah. much to this. The FBI telling the uh, the uh, the FAA that they needed to reinforce and lock the the cockpit doors before nine eleven <laughs> happened. Yeah, the FBI told the FAA that they were ignored. Yeah, there were people who were sending things up the chain in Middle America. I can't remember uh, which Scott Horton interview it was, but it was of a woman who worked in an FBI field office uh, in the middle in the in the middle of the country somewhere. It was in. Uh, it was somewhere in the Midwest. I cannot remember the particulars, and I'm very upset because I really I tried to track down the episode, but he has so many fucking interviews. 
Yeah, yeah, he's like over six thousand interviews at this point. <laughs> it's 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 a wealth of knowledge, but boy, does it make it hard yeah. to find anything. Um, yeah, Joe <laughs> Paul Scott Hornet, you're not already. Yes, absolutely. Um, but he but he spoke to this woman who was saying we were sending things up the chain like these people are taking pilots lessons like these people are we we're reporting on this we we knew this mm-hmm. and it was nobody ever put the pieces together yeah and it was it's it's kind of thing where it's like you know there, there's a lot of argument about whether or not they knew Pearl Harbor was going to happen and things like that and there's there's similar arguments about whether or not they knew 9-11 was going to happen the answer yeah. to that question is no they did not know 9-11 was going to happen. And the only reason they didn't know it was going to happen is sheer incompetence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because once you actually dig in on why they didn't know 9-11 was going to happen, it becomes glaringly obvious that these people cannot do their fucking jobs. <laughs> God. And, and, you know, just the whole the whole thing. Because I, like, I, every time we talk about this type of issue or uh, war in general... I always default back to the people who committed this action get to live like lavish lifestyles on some resort or some like huge like piece of land acreage uh, out out somewhere in some luxurious home while they're responsible for millions of people dying. Yeah, the people the people who commit the these evils get to travel back and forth from fucking Epstein's island. They get yeah. to <laughs> they get to they get to spend their time doing that. Meanwhile, there's night raids happening in Afghanistan. Entire families of innocent people are getting killed. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely and, and these, insane. Sorry. And, and like, no, it's just like, th- this issue pisses me off probably more than others. Because like, for me, war is like the issue. And, and for me, it's it, the fact that most Americans, like when, when people hated Trump, right? It's like, there was a lot to hate Trump about. But they hated him for the wrong fucking reason every time. Like, Absolutely, like no, like no one cared that he dropped more uh, drone uh, drone bombs than Obama. No one cared, and that's <laughs> no. that's not that's no that's no small feat because Obama yeah, was yeah. like drone murderer in chief. Yes. This dude killed a shitload of people with drones, including by, uh, I'm sorry, including by the way. <laughs> oh boy, I just get so mad every time I think about it. Extra du- judicially killing a minor child who was an American yes. born citizen, born in Denver, Colorado. And then Trump's uh, military operation killed his sister uh, eight years later. Yeah. Or, uh, or four years later or whatever, but yeah. No trial, yeah. no arrest was made. He's a 16-year-old kid. Yeah. They killed him at a cafe in Yemen, if I recall the story correctly. Dude was having lunch. Dead. 16-year-old American kid. If they do yeah. that, I mean, honestly, that's the, that's, the, that's the reason that the counter-argument that you make a lot when people say, well, why don't you just move someone else, somewhere else if you're such an anarchist and hate the government so much, and yada, yada, why, why not just move somewhere else? I want to be a victim of the United States foreign policy. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's why it holds so much water. is because the United States government has extrajudicially murdered American citizens who were children. Yes. yes. And uh, no, but Obama, his biggest uh, 
The biggest scandal in the Obama administration was this tan suit. Dean. Oh yeah, the you tan suit. Oh yeah, tan suit. yeah, that one fucking it's- scumbag who's constantly posting that every, mm-hmm. every on the anniversary of the God. tan suit yeah. thing. He posts it. Happy anniversary to the biggest scandal in of Obama's presidency. Yeah, the the yeah. biggest scandal because no one actually talked about the evil shit he was doing. <laughs> God, I hate liberals. I <laughs> fucking worse. hate liberals. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. It, it it blows my fucking mind. It blows my mind, and that people like it, it, the. There was a poster. That read, um, "If you could say something to a nine eleven hero, what would it be?" And one of my first thoughts was, "Well, first of all, what's a nine eleven hero? Is it the first responders? Right. Like, because that's I would agree with that." Those sure. people are heroic individuals, the people who run into yeah. a collapsing building to try and save people's lives. Yeah. Um, those are those people are absolutely heroes. Is it the people who absolutely. is it the people who died as a result? Um, is it the people who died in the collapsing buildings? Is it, is it the people who died trying to run up a stairwell to save somebody and the building collapsed around them? Is it is are they the heroes? I think the answer is probably yes in those cases. Yeah. My, my what I would like to tell a 9-11 hero is you would be so ashamed of what's been done in your name. Right. Yeah. That's the only honest yeah. thing you can tell a 9-11 hero. Right. Because, I mean, look. Think of all the innocents that died after 9-11 uh, that, and 9-11 was used as a scapegoat and excuse to murder these innocent people. Uh, that's awful. Like, that is just, like, not only are you murdering other innocent people, you're also uh, standing on the graves of the people who died on 9-11 to try to justify murdering people who had nothing to do with 9-11 at all. The moral high ground that these people argue from, these neocons, the the fucking Kevin Castleys of the world, and others. I mean, you know, many of them uh, much more important and powerful than he, but it's all the same arguments. The moral, the moral high ground from which they make these arguments is entirely a stack of corpses. That's all it is. Yeah, it's dead absolutely. people from nine eleven. It's dead people yeah. that have been killed in the wake of nine eleven. Dead people, dead kids killed by drone strikes. Dead. Uh, if the American um, government, <laughs> if the American government had to kill you and your family to uh, install like the, their ideal regime change, they would do it. Oh, nothing would stop them. Yeah. Nothing would stop them. Yeah. I mean, nothing does stop them. We've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 it is one of the, it, 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 that will be, I am afraid. I think about the, the, a long, I think about the long tail of history, right? Mm-hmm. I think about, um, the time that my, look, my time horizon when I consider things is really long. Really long. And when I'm dead and gone, the the things that people will remember of America and Americans is this shit. Yeah. Nobody will give a fuck about an iPhone. No. Nobody will give a fuck about, uh, about fucking Microsoft. All that stuff is dust in the fucking wind. The... The, the people who were killed needlessly, yeah. innocent people, yeah, the world over, as justified by a terror attack 
that had nothing to do with any of the actions that took place after. Yeah. I mean, Scott Horn had that great quote where it's like, we judge the USSR by how like Afghanis in Afghanistan lived. Uh, so if we're going to apply that standard to the USSR, well, <laughs> God damn, uh, once you apply that to the American government, holy shit. Uh, isn't that a, uh, uh, you, you see the United States government for the blood soaked monsters that they are. It's, it is, it is undeniable. Undeniable. Yeah. <clears throat> when it's the all United laid out. It is one of the biggest terrorist uh, organizations in the world. Yeah, definitionally. Yeah. Definitionally. What else do you call, what else do you call a, a, an, an organization which, which elects to randomly drone bomb targets? And here's the thing too. <clears throat> The if you remember, this is another here's another fucking atrocity. Uh, do you remember the uh, when they were talking about and I think this came out of WikiLeaks, if I'm not mistaken, years and years and years ago. The policy of double tapping. Oh, yes. With the drones, with the drone strikes. Yes. So what they would yes. do is they would bomb a target. And they would assume that anyone who came to assist at the site yes. of the bombing yes. was also a combatant. Yes, yes. They were bombing first responders. Yes. They were bombing people who were trying to help people who had just been bombed. Well, okay, um, the Ob- you know about the Obama 90% thing, right? Uh, I know I, I not not by that phrase. Nine okay, ninety percent of the drone strikes from the Obama administration um, were apparently civilians. Oh my god! So here's what the Obama administration did. Right, they said um, they killed only combatants. Now. How how they how did they how do they square this circle right you might ask well see um, the Obama administration classified any military aged male within a drone strike to be a combatant any military aged male that we kill was a combatant yes and I'm gonna guess military age starts at probably sixteen some yeah I think it was like eighteen or twenty one but yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's evil. Yeah. It's, it is. it's, it's absolutely it's, evil. If there, is, if there is such an objective thing, right, as evil, yeah. this is what it looks like at the very least, is, yes. is this. The, these actions, these, um, these excuses, these justifications and rationalizations, that is... That's that's what's evil, man. Like if we're gonna make if we're gonna make yeah. statements about like how evil Hitler was for the things he did, and right. uh, yes, agreed, right? But yes. <laughs> if we're gonna apply those justifications and those rationalizations and say that this is how you justify and rationalize evil, yeah, it's the same thing within these cases that we're talking about right now. Yeah, uh, that, that report comes from the drone papers, I believe. So if you just Google the drone papers, you should. Uh... Should see that information. Yeah. The, the, there's a, oh man, there's so much to this fucking story. There's so much yeah. to the story of what's been done following nine mm-hmm. 11. And, 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 and there's so much of it that is, uh, just gut wrenching shit, man. Mm-hmm. 
there was the the drone strike if you remember was it right after the Afghanistan pullout or no it was there was a there was a it was the airport it was right after the airport attack I think um there was a there was a, a guy who was bombed um bringing water to a village yeah with kids and what he he would do and this was also a story that was told in the scott horton interview uh they had there were independent people who went and 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 checked this uh this site uh where this bombing had occurred and found no evidence of a secondary explosion and that was the justification that the government had used was well there was a secondary explosion which means that uh we bombed a target that had a bomb (laughs) <laughs> right and yeah. so independent investigators went and looked at the site and said there was no secondary explosion yeah the guy that they bombed was a guy who brought water to that village and when he would when he would yes. show up in the square he would let the kids drive the car around yeah just around the square yeah yeah he, he from what i understand he he got out of his truck he had like buckets of water and uh kids ran up to him and that's when they shot the drone strike off yeah, that's when they blew him up. Yeah, because kids always uh, yeah, ran so up from, to this guy because he let him have fun with the vehicle. Right. right. Oh God. Yeah. Like these people. These people you love, and I'm not by I'm saying you. I'm saying the royal you, like the, right. the general populace, the uh, people for uh, whom you vote. Yeah, they are mass fucking murderers, and you talk about them like there's some eating, like there's some celebrity on TV. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, so this is from The Intercept. Um, Nearly 90% of the people killed in airstrikes were not the intended targets. My God. But they pass it off and just say, well, anyone who is such such and such an age and a male was was the target. They were a combatant. That's right. That they were a combatant, yes. Uh, How can you you know all of this? I, I must assume that many of these people don't know all of this. I must assume that many of these people take things like, well, the, when the Obama administration says, no, it's all combatants that we've hit. When they say something like that, I, I must assume these people take that at face value. Because there's no way that you can know the truth of this. No. And come out of it saying that this is the right course. Yeah. Or come out of it saying that blowback doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like if so, okay, if someone murdered uh, your, and by your, I'm using the royal your, uh, like when someone, if someone murdered your family, you would at least, at the very least, you would understand wanting to go get revenge. You would at least understand that. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. You would at least understand that perspective, but because they're you know uh, because history started at nine eleven, not a moment before nine eleven. At nine eleven, history just we th- things just came into existence during nine eleven. Yeah. Uh, there was no pre. Uh, yeah, prior it time goes that. <laughs> world history to most of the American population goes Big Bang, yada 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 nine eleven. Yeah, right. <laughs> Some stuff happened, you know, and then now we're here at 9-11, everything's nice, and then 9-11, and then, oh no, it's awful. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, these documents show that the military designated people it killed in targeted strikes as E-K-I-A, enemy killed in action, even if they were not the intended targets of the strike. Oh my god. Uh, Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) 
So whenever they say we killed uh, combatants uh, in so and so country with our darn strike, um, just know that they're including in that uh, people who maybe they just ran in, as you said, double tapping, trying to give aid to people who were caught in the initial drone strike, or maybe they were just there by and got killed by happenstance and they were just not involved with anything at all. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I also wanted to talk a little bit about this. I wanted yeah. to talk a little bit about Guantanamo. Oh, yeah. Now, in a post-9-11 world, uh, Guantanamo was used uh, to imprison and to torture people who the United States believed were uh, related to or in any way might, might know something about uh, w- w- the enemy of the United States at the time, which was global terror. You know what I mean? Like, this is the right. global war on terror. The enemy is terror. <laughs> so, the United States... <laughs> the United States captures and imprisons people in a in what is effectively a military base. They are presumed to be military prisoners. The number of people who were captured and taken to Guantanamo who were not either uh, either at all related to any terrorist activity uh, were cases of um, mistaken identity. It is staggering yeah. Yeah. when you look into those numbers. And in fact, those numbers do exist. I, I, I'd have to pull them up. But just imagine if like your family member... Uh, was taken in like like imagine this was China or Russia or something like that some you know big bad uh, that that we view now uh, that's opposed to the United States imagine if they had an operation like Guantanamo and I'm not saying they don't but imagine if they had an operation like Guantanamo and it was your family member they picked up and tortured uh, for information right <laughs> who was just like picked up off the street or something you know something because there was some like uh, some uh, minute connection or they thought there was some minute connection to some terrorist plot or something. Uh, if that happened to an American citizen, uh, the, my God, there'd be calls for war, like like immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely it would be. They, they, uh, do you remember uh, Abu Zubaydah? Yes. He just had a, uh, there was just actually a case of his that went to the Supreme Court. Mm. Um, Abu Zubaydah, they, they pulled his eye out. They tortured him. He was, uh, he was uh, very badly treated, uh, <laughs> to say the least. And he was a guy who they had, if you remember, they brought that guy out. Uh, George Bush brought that guy out. Didn't bring him out physically, but, but paraded this name around. We got this guy, Abu Zubaydah. He's this big fucking deal, right? He's this big, he's this big fucking deal in Al Qaeda. And we, he's, this is, everything's working. You know, the global war on terror is working. We got this guy. He was a fucking nobody. Yeah. He was an absolute nobody. He didn't know shit. Mm Mm-hmm. And they tortured this guy for years and years and years. Yeah. He's been in he's been in Guantanamo for something like I think uh how long has he been in Guantanamo Bay? Let me look. He has been there since 2002. Mhm. 20 years. 
the picture of him, <laughs> the picture of him on, uh, on Wikipedia, he's wearing an eye patch. He didn't go in with that. Yeah. Yeah. That came later. Yeah. He's a nobody. Absolute nobody. There was another guy who had been captured and he was kept for something like 14 years. Case of mistaken identity. Yeah. And what do you do? I mean, you got to let these people go, right? But the problem is, <laughs> the problem is you've kept this guy now for 14 years in a, in a prison camp, torturing him. You expect to, yeah, to let him go back into back back, go and go back home. Right. Well, wrong guy are bad. Yeah, oops, oops, just a little oopsie. Sorry about that. Yeah. He's not <laughs> going to be oops. mad enough to fly a plane into a building? <laughs> you kept him right. in a cell for 14 years. You tortured him. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I just don't... I don't understand the logic. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, any any type of, uh, like, uh, um, uh, American government sympathizer will just say, yeah, you, well, you know makes mistakes from time to time you know we're not perfect blah 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 blah. they'll give you all this shit right uh this is like bullshit justification for what they what the united states government has done but they will never ever extend that uh that level of like reasonability to like another government right they'll never be that reasonable when it comes if another government did something to their citizens they would never. say you know rightly so oh that that's awful that's like a, a human rights violation or something uh but when it's our government they're like oh you know we just make mistakes from time to time it you know it happens blah, 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 blah. Ugh. <laughs> it is it's disgusting it's absolutely disgusting this, and and here's the thing it's true yeah we make mistakes everyone makes mistakes that's why that's why we have a system of justice in the United States, right. which is supposed to provide nominally due process. So you can right. filter those mistakes out and try and get rid of as many of them as you possibly can. Yes. <laughs> but the problem is you keep people in a fucking military camp in a, in a military prison and you they don't have due process rights. They're not in the United States. That's the only reason that Gitmo is where it is. Mm hmm. Because if it was in the United States, the Supreme Court will have said, no, you have to do, you have to have due process for these people. The, the, everyone on United States soil has United States rights. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes. That's the rule, right? Yeah. So you get due process regardless of, so yeah, illegal immigrants, we have fucking conservatives talking about how illegal immigrants don't have constitutional rights because they're not citizens. Uh, yes, they do. Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. That's the only reason that stuff's not... That's the only reason that's not here. That's the only reason yeah. Gitmo is where it is. That's and right. The that's whole, absolutely right. The, the, the idea... Oh, man. The idea that you can imprison hundreds of people who are either not who you thought they were, or they do not have the information you thought they had, or yeah. you were just wrong about them. There was a number of this is this was something that's, that was talked about in uh, in uh, in uh, I don't know if it was enough already. I think it was Fool's Errand, where they where they were telling stories. Somebody was telling a story about. Um, actually, it might have been the uh, the Pentagon Papers. Now that I talk, now that I mention it, fuck, I can't remember. I got all these sources mixed up in my head. <laughs> it happens when you have too much information there; it all gets jumbled. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's fucked. Um, but the, the they had said uh, 
that when the United States was going to Afghanistan and they would they would approach like a tribal leader in this valley, right? In in any given valley, and they would approach the tr- the tribal guy there, and they would say, "Hey, man, um, uh, we need. Uh, can you point us to the terrorists? Where are the terrorists?" Like that's basically what it was. And these guys, these 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 sort of tribal groups, hated the the, the tribe in the next valley over. Right. So they were like, uh, "It's those guys." <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. And the United States would just round people up and send them to Getmo. Yeah. Just people who were just living lives. They weren't terrorists. But the but they were being basically led around by the nose. The United States military was being led around by the nose by these locals who were like, oh, yeah, we can use this to our advantage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and oh, God. Like, oh, just imagine, just imagine, like, uh, like the entire, that's what, okay, this is what I just despise about, like, American conservatives, is that on one hand, they will be, oh, yeah, we don't trust the government, the government system, we don't trust it, but, oh, they're telling us this terrorist is here, and now we have them, you know, locked up in Gitmo for your safety, it's like, oh, yeah, let, let's lock up ten more people just that look just like them. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, the, and that that's not even, not even mentioning the 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 which i'm going to mention now the actual like the the real policy of what they were calling enhanced interrogation the torture that took place um just like that there's a reason that was it doesn't have an eye right and it's got nothing to do with uh you know and this dude didn't fall down a flight of stairs and smack his head or no right this dude they plucked his fucking eye out yeah like there's i i I understand if somebody wants to make an argument that if you're at war and you capture an enemy combatant who you know to be an enemy combatant, I can understand somebody arguing. I don't agree, but I can understand someone arguing, well, yeah, I mean, you got to put bamboo under his fingernails so he'll tell you what they're going to do next. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I can understand that argument. Right. The problem here, first of all, that argument doesn't really work. It doesn't make people give you false information if you torture them. They don't give you good info. Um, they, if, if they ever talk at all. But the people right. who you torture, they do not give you good information. You do not get good, actionable information out of torture. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. And that's been known for a long time. That's been known for a long time. It's not like a new development. Right. Uh, torture just isn't a very unreliable source of information. Uh, because one, you don't, you, as we said before, a lot of these people actually didn't know anything, but the fact that they were being tortured, they would just give some information away just because anything to stop the torture. Right. So, uh, yeah, these, it, it's just a disaster all around and absolute human rights atrocity. It is, but it goes and, and, and just like that, the, if you want to make that argument, if you have someone who, you know, to be a combatant who might know something, Fine, make the argument all day. You're wrong, but make that argument. The problem right. is, these people don't know anything. And they're not right. who you think they are. And they're not actually terrorists. Like, the, the, the vast majority of these people are just yeah. guys that got picked up. Yeah. They're, they're, not, they're not who they are, who, who the American populace is told they are. Abu Zubaydah was not who the American populace was told that he was. 
Yeah. When Bush bandied him about and said, hey, you know, we, we got this guy, fucking big ass, fucking big dude, big dick, Al-Qaeda guy. He was a nobody. Didn't know anything. Didn't have any operational knowledge. Didn't have any connections with anybody who had operational knowledge. Dude was, if he was even uh, uh, at all deep in Al-Qaeda, he wasn't, he didn't matter. He's just a guy. Right. He's a grunt. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't, he was not in a position to know anything. Yeah. I tortured him in Poland too. Uh, uh, the Polish government had to pay him damages because the, oh. he was tortured at a CIA black site in Poland. Oh. And then he was moved to Gitmo. Huh. <laughs> That's another thing that nobody fucking talks about. The CIA black sites, they're all over Europe. Oh, they're all over. Yeah, they're all over the place. They're all over. Yeah. They hook people up and they, they freaking take them to one of these CIA black sites. There's no where they don't Isn't have there constitutional rights. That they found there was a black site in Chicago. Yes. Yeah. I believe the Intercept wrote a piece on it. I could be wrong about that, but I think yeah. that's, that's, that's who broke it. Yeah, a black site in fucking Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Zubeda and 10 other high-value detainees were transferred to Guantanamo in September 2006. He and other former CIA detainees are held in Camp 7, where conditions are the most isolating. At his Combatant Status Review Tribunal in 2007, Zubeda said he was told that the CIA realized he was not significant. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucking oh. nobody. They stripped him naked. Sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Waterboarding. Confinement. Stress positions. Yeah. Nobody. An absolute nobody. And if you think, here's the, this is, again, the blowback thing. If you think this dude's not mad enough to fly a freaking plane into a tower now. Right. You're crazy. Yeah. Or what if, that was, what if that was your family member or something like that? And, you know, you know, like, I don't know. It, blowback seems to me the most obvious thing you could ever imagine, uh, like on a human visceral level. It seems to be the most intuitive thing you could ever imagine. I don't know why more people don't accept it. I think it's very similar to. The, the conversation that we had about the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, um, yeah, yeah. that they cannot allow themselves to admit right. these obvious facts because they, like everyone else, on September 12th of 2001, wanted to glass the Middle East. Right. And I, and I can, and again, that's, that's the same thing, though. That's the same mindset. That's the same, that's right. blowback. It's the same, it's blowback, Yes. <laughs> like they're affirming it even at, even when they deny it exactly and I can totally understand being in that position look I, I was a child but I remember being in 8th grade and making the argument that like why don't we just glass Afghanistan I remember I remember doing that now again I was a child <laughs> <laughs> this is a child's idea of geopolitics and and yeah. and warfare but right Still, so like I get, I, I understand it being difficult to to 
make that 180 and just point at your old self and say you were wrong. Right. But that's what you got to do. Yeah. Because it's it's true. Everything that's been done, again, what would you I mean, say? What's that, what's that Carl Hess quote? Um, if, if you defend uh, government long enough, you'll eventually uh, wind up making arguments uh, for mass murder or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, again, it's, it's just like that. What would you say to a 9-11 here? Oh, you would be so ashamed. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, and, not, and not just like the foreign implications, right? And not just all this, uh, you know, the mass murder. Oh, that God. Happened but now the security state that you... We haven't even talked about the domestic... Yeah. What happened domestically. The passage yeah. of the Patriot Act. Um, yeah. The repeal of the Smith-Munt Act. In the 2012... Uh, I don't know. A lot of people don't know about this. The 2012... Um, uh, uh, Authorization Act. I, I can't remember. Is it was? Is it the uh, MDAA? Is that what they're called? Shit, I can't remember what the the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Acts. Yeah, they have to pass these all the time. The 2012 NDAA contained in it the repeal of the Smith Munt Act. Do you know what the Smith Munt Act was? Uh, I. Th- I'm I'm blanking on it at the moment. You've probably heard it before. I talk about it all the time. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I've heard <laughs> the Smith-Munt Act was the law that made it illegal for the United States to use state media to propagandize to its own citizens. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. I know what this is. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was <laughs> illegal. And in the 2012 National Defense Authorization Act, that law was, appe- was repealed. <laughs> on top of that... We have things like the Patriot Act. We have the uh, NSA. We have Homeland the NSA. Security. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Prism program. Uh, the mm-hmm. collect the mass collection of metadata. Of metadata. If you make a phone yeah. call, the government knows who you just called. Yep. Um, and in some cases, they heard the call. Yeah. Uh, there are stories, and you can you can find these stories of uh, of people listening in on. Uh, phone calls of couples uh, having phone sex mm-hmm. in the offices at the NSA, listening in on these phone calls and just like, you know, calling about, hey, give, listen, this is what I got. Hey, it's, uh, and everybody's laughing. Yeah. You can find those stories. People get caught up in the dragnets. For example, uh, a lot of the, there's a lot of stuff through the FISA courts. Oh, fuck, the fucking FISA courts. The, FISA, yeah. <laughs> 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 a secret court accountable to no one that allows that, that gives the FBI and other intelligence agencies permission to spy on people. And there's no record of it. The FISA courts operate in the United States, a clear violation of due process, a clear violation of the fourth amendment. And yet <laughs> yeah, People get caught, Americans get caught up in that drag net all the time. I believe that was one of the things that happened with Trump, if I'm not mistaken, was that there was a connection to some foreign actor or whatever, and it was through that connection the, that the FBI got a hold of a lot of uh, information regarding Trump and, and Trump's people. The FBI and, and the CIA are not supposed to have information on Americans. For example, if they tap a call, they are not allowed to listen to the American side. Or they're not supposed oh, to. Right. That's that's one of the things about the FISA court warrants, but that's ignored all the time. 
Mm-hmm. That's ignored all the time. So this, there's, I'm, I'm so glad you brought it up. The, the domestic implications of the global war on terror. The TSA. We haven't even talked about the TSA yet. <laughs> no, I always try and get hard for them. I always have a hard time with it. <laughs> Going through the fucking TSA line. This one dude squeezed my fucking nutsack. I, it, it was ridiculous. I was like, brother, if you want, if you want some of that fucking action, just ask me. I'll probably tell you no, but I'd rather you asked. Fucking try and come after me like that. Ridiculous. Wasn't there a report that uh, they were doing a test and like, uh, like to see what they could get through the TSA? Dude, and it's like theater. Yeah, and ninety eight percent got through. Or when something they get like that. audited, they fail yeah. every security <laughs> audit to the tune of ninety eight percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every time they get audited, they fail. Yeah. Yeah. They fail. They catch like two percent of stuff. Yeah. And it makes me it makes me so angry every time I go every time I see every time I go through the line at a busy airport, I look at that trash can next to the TSA. There was this one dude who had a really fucking nice poker set. Really nice. And it was in the fucking trash at the TSA checkpoint in the in the in the uh yeah, in the airport. They wouldn't let him take it on. I was like, are you fucking... Look at that. That is hundreds of dollars. Yeah. They told yeah. me one so time. So not only do you, get, do you get, like, violated <laughs> it, uh, by going through, like, TSA checkpoints, you also... <laughs> you also... It, it, it's a, just theater, right? It, it's all safety theater. It's entirely it's theater. theater. Yeah. Um, there's another, another, another theater thing there too, is they use this as a way to sell that pre-check program, um, which costs money, but they use it as a way to sell uh, TSA pre. Um, I think it's, people call it pre-check. I think it's technically TSA pre is just what it is. Um, and they use it as a, as a, they, they, I mean, TSA is miserable, right? So they started selling this way to get around that problem. <laughs> And um, when when uh, Adam Curry was talking about it, he got signed up for it and stuff. He was talking about it. And when he went and did the uh, what's supposed to be a facial recognition thing, it's supposed to you're supposed to put your face, you know, on the, in the camera and uh, and it compares you. It's supposed to, you know, you have your name, you're, you're, you're scanning your name and stuff, scanning your ID. And then it's supposed to look at your face and basically call to a database and make sure that's you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's tall. So it would catch the bottom of his chin and then just flag him through. So it's not even, theoretically, what this implies is that it's not even calling to a database. It's theater. (laughs) It's not connected to anything. (laughs) It's, it means nothing. It's not real. None of it's real. (laughs) (laughs) And yet people are now totally used to in order to travel. Well, you got to get fondled first. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's just a now a normal part of uh, everyday life uh, for people who travel. And the theft. We don't even bring up the theft. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Millions of dollars of goods annually get stolen by the TSA. Yes. Yes. And everybody's Every shit is less secure because of it. I mean, all those fucking TSA locks and all your locks on your luggage, right? It's got to be fucking TSA compliant, right? That means there's a fucking master key, and you can just get those. Yeah. Yeah. So the lock on your luggage is pointless at this point. Yeah. 
as a result of this. Yep. Man, I've had so much shit thrown away by TSA. I was able to get through multiple oh. times with one of those little, you know, those credit card multi-tool things? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was able to get through multiple times with one of those. And one side of it had a blade on it and stuff. It was, it was, it was legit, you know, yeah. credit card, you know, uh, shaped multi-tool. And, uh... Mm-hmm. I would. I, I realize the way the way I'm getting away with this is that I've got an RFID blocking uh, blocking th- uh, wrap on one side of my wallet. Mm-mm. But I had put my wallet in upside down when it went into the scanner, and they saw oh. it. That's when they saw it. Oh man! I was like, "Fuck!" Oh. And he said, "Hey, oh, you got this thing? Would you go?" And I was just like, "Just throw it away. Don't just leave me the fuck alone." <laughs> <laughs> it was so it, it, but, but people are used to that now yeah people are used to that kind of shit now the 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 systematic destruction of the notion of privacy mm-hmm. as a result of 9-11 has been uh, well a disaster for the human race if you will yeah yeah <laughs> There's that, there's the, uh, there's the, the, the destruction of privacy, there's the destruction of, uh, of due process generally. Yeah. Again, that FISA court system, look into the FISA court system, as anybody listening to this who's interested in just how insidious this shit is, look into the FISA court system. People think it's a court, right? So people think it's like, oh, they're accountable right. and it's public and it's yeah, blah, 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 yeah. all that idea of a court. This is not a court. This is a panel of people who decide who gets to have privacy and who doesn't. Right. It's only a court in like an ostensible sense. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is not a court in any literal way. Yeah. But they've got is the, I'm glad you brought up the domestic side. I had totally forgotten about the domestic side of this. Yeah. I had totally forgotten about that. And then you have as another result, another domestic result of this. You have, do you remember the, uh, you know what the match list is? Uh, the match, I, maybe, it sounds familiar. This is, this is one of the more horrifying things. So MasterCard runs this list that they have to run in order to comply with Obama-era regulations on financial institutions for stopping, oh, yes. uh, stopping money from moving too much, basically. Yes, Originally, it was under the guise of funding terrorism. But the the match list, which was designed to comport with, which was designed to comport with these Obama era regulations, um, is a it's a list run by Mastercard. Um, and it's it's also there's another one that's called the Terminated Merchant File. Mm-hmm. It is a list of people who no longer get to process credit cards. Yeah. And uh, you know, as a result, debit cards. Right. So like a they're, business they're, owner, yeah. like, like, a, like a business owner loses access to the financial institution's back ends to process payments. Yeah. Basically being cut out of like civil society pretty much at that point. Like <laughs> the match list is run. It is run by uh, the it is run by MasterCard. It's run by these. um <laughs> the MasterCard Questionable Merchant Audit Program. 
<laughs> One of the things this has been expanding to is stuff like hate speech. Mm-hmm, right. Stuff like that. Yeah. So, so you can be put on the match list for wrong think. And you can be removed. You can, your ability to process payments is just gone. Yeah. Because no bank will let you do it if you're on the list. So you could try and go with somebody else, but none of them will take you because you're on this list. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's ultimately like, like a black. I mean, it is. It's a blacklist, right? A government assigned blacklist. Pretty yep. much. It is an economic blacklist. And they were. And then they the only reason they do this is at the direction of the government. This is not a government list. Yeah. But the reason it exists is to comport with government regulations on the financial institutions. Right. right. That's it, and it's a direct consequence of post nine eleven policy. Yeah, absolutely. Just like just like the NSA's current uh, data collection regime, just like the uh, the everything that flows from the Patriot Act, all those NDAAs. Um, mm-hmm. There was an NDAA, I think, at one point, and I can't remember which one it would have been, but there was an NDAA that basically said that if you're an American citizen abroad, the United States would have the authority to uh, to detain you indefinitely. <laughs> like, if you're a United States citizen outside of the United States and the United States government decides they want to detain you, if I'm not mistaken, under one of those NDAAs, they have the authority to detain you indefinitely. Another reason not to, quote, just leave, right? Right. <laughs> like you said, I love, that, I love that response. I don't want to be a victim of their as foreign the policy. State, as if the state's, uh, you know, actual authority ends at their borders. That's not like the state. Go, encro- the state doesn't just encroach into your borders. They encroach far outside of their own ostensible borders. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. The, the consequences, the absolute consequences. Again, what would you tell a 9-11 hero? You would be ashamed. Yeah. You would be so ashamed. Yeah. This is wrong. Millions dead, millions dead in Iraq. Uh, impoverished all across the world. Like, like the, oh, and the migrant crisis. We didn't even really talk about that, but that was all about the war on, that all stemmed from the war on terror. Absolutely. That was all from the war on terror, especially the collapse of Libya. Um, yep. the civil war in Syria. Yep. Um, the, I mean, hell fucking slave markets in Libya, dude. The, the yep. global war on terror is such a fucking farce. It brought slavery back to Libya. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's post nine 11, the, the moral high ground of the United States, if it existed before 9-11, which is questionable, because, again, H.W. Bush and Clinton did a lot to damage it. Reagan did a lot to damage it. Yeah. But the... And, you know, you go all the way back to Nixon and Vietnam and, and all that shit, whatever. But any moral high ground that existed for the United States coming out of the, out of the Cold War and into the modern era and in the post-9-11 world, it's gone. Mm-hmm. There is no moral high ground for the United States to stand on. No, no, none at all. 
And none, none for these fucking neocons. None at all. These neocons, these Bill Crystals and all these assholes, they... They sold the public on this shit. Yeah. Yeah. They they went out there and they convinced the public and they wrote in their in their uh think pieces for their fucking uh you know fancy news magazines. Yeah. And they wrote about how all this had to be done. Yeah. Yeah, just the absolute like uh lie blood-soaked monsters and liars the people who lied uh that they lied straight to the american public's face and as a result millions of people are dead impoverished or had to flee their homes to uh, new areas where you know and, and because the middle east is now such a shit show uh much more than it was previously because of all these regime changes uh they're now living in constant danger just imagine being uh someone in the middle east and you see something flying overhead, and you're uh, you're in immediate fear because you think, "Oh, there's a drone. Yep, it's gonna like blow blow me up or blow my family up." Yep. I remember hearing a report how uh, there were people in the Middle East who were afraid of clear blue skies because that's when the drones flew. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I think I'm. Yeah. I think I heard a similar interview. Um, yeah. We might be talking about the same thing, but the, the, how do you, how do you kids scared of clear, sunny days? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, (laughs) indefensible, absolutely indefensible. Yeah. If any other country did this to the United States, there'd be unquestionably people saying we have to go in and uh, go to war with these people right now. Yeah. Uh, At scale. Imagine, like imagine if some American, it was just like a, 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 some American terrorist group attacked China or Russia. And as a response, Russia and China invaded mainland United States and then started indiscriminately dropping bombs in American cities. Imagine how you, that would make you feel. Just flattening, you know, freaking downtown Houston or whatever. And I'm just a guy at school. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's not hard to put yourself in that position. It's not hard to think about how that could very easily be you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. And we talked about this with the, with regard to the, the, again, the, the, the bombings of, of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Mm -hmm. Uh, The idea that, People don't care until it comes home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Most people just don't care. But I, I honestly think, you know, maybe there's maybe I guess that depends on how good your messaging is, because um, even when it does come home and you get things like the Boston bombing and you get things like the Pulse nightclub shooting, yeah. if you can wrap it up just right, nobody cares still. Or they'll, they'll use it to justify more action in, in the Middle East or something like that, right? Right. Not even understanding what caused it in the first place. But if you can, if you can tell a story about how the Pulse nightclub shooter just hated gays, right. if you can tell a story and, and, and people generally will just buy that. Then you can spin it into like radical Islamic terror, right? That's, right. That was a favorite of conservative keywords. Or they're doing this because, you know, they're religious beliefs. Yeah. They hate us for our freedom. Right. (laughs) 
What a fucking lie. <laughs> what a brilliant lie. Yeah. People bought it. Yeah. Um, I mean, much of the, I'm not saying that those ty- like I'm not saying that those types of people, like those religious extremists, are, don't exist at all. But they certainly that was not the main motivation for the attack. And certainly, uh, parts of the Middle East were quite liberal uh, as opposed, like in the past. So <laughs> it's not like you know they, they've never had a taste of freedom over there. Well, before uh, the that- United States involvement in the region, I mean, this is one of the things too. There was a there was a, an interesting turn that that was taken, especially in Iran. Um, the Islamic revolution in Iran was such an interesting cultural turn, but they were a very liberal society prior to that. Yeah. But I don't know if you get the Islamic revolution in Iran, if you don't get the United States meddling in Iran in the 1950s. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that happens. Anytime the United States dips its toe in someone else's fucking water, uh, it, it, it immediately comes back to bite everyone. Yeah. And innocent people die. Yeah. Absolutely. Every single time. I, I do want to I do want to talk about a, uh, one more thing before we go, because we've been going for almost two hours now. Um, I do want to say one more thing. So many people still to this day do not understand. And this is this is, again, about the messaging. Right. Many people still to this day do not understand that the Taliban, Al Qaeda, uh, that um, the Taliban, Al Qaeda, ISIL, like they don't understand the way that these various groups interact and who they are. And I think that speaks to the incredible, um, the incredible propagandizing that the United States experienced after 9 11, mm-hmm. where yeah. the Taliban was conflated with Al Qaeda. Yeah, yeah. Oh, people still think, people still to this day think the Taliban had something to do with 9-11. <laughs> they don't know that there's, there, it, that the, that's not the same thing. It's two different groups, two different ethnicities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> two different languages. And this is another story. There was a, I, I think this one was in the Pentagon Papers. There was a story about, there was a guy who was about to be shipped out to uh, Afghanistan. Afghanistan, the most the most spoken language in Afghanistan is Pashto. And so they were teaching them uh, they were going to need to know how to speak the language, right? So they had all these guys brought in. They were about to ship out to Afghanistan and they're teaching them Arabic. And they're teaching them about Iraqi cultural norms. And the guy's yeah. like, wait, we're, we're not going to Iraq. We're going to Afghanistan. And they're like, eh, same thing. The military. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh. I know. <laughs> same thing. Pashto, Arabic, what's the difference? Oh my god! And then other stuff they were just wrong about. There was one guy oh. who was telling a story about how he had been told in the briefings that um, that giving people a thumbs up was like like the like flipping them the bird in Af- in Afghanistan. And <laughs> so uh, there were all these kids who were following their, their they were in the they were in a truck and there were all these kids that were following the truck and they were giving thumbs up. And he looks at his interpreter and he goes, uh, "Did we do something? Did we do something wrong?" And he's like, what do you mean? And he says, they're all doing the thumbs up thing. And he goes, uh, he's like, 
You don't know what a thumbs up means? It means like, okay, good job. And the, the interpreter just is looking at him like, it, that's, it, it's just me. It just means good job. You guys don't have thumbs up? Like, <laughs> and the dude's just like, no, we have thumbs up, but we were told it, it meant something else. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I think that one was in the Pentagon Papers too. It's hilarious, dude. Oh my god! Absolutely hilarious. <sighs> yeah. What a fucking mess! What a mess! We've been going for two hours. Incredibly depressing yeah. episode. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, maybe, maybe I should have thought a little more about this. Yeah, we got to do a 9-11 episode, man. Maybe, maybe I should have yeah. thought that through a little better. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, it's upsetting. But. It is. But I think it's important, and I think it, I think it, it illustrates, it, yeah. I think it illustrates the fact that you should not have faith in these institutions. No, you should not at all have faith in these institutions because they are not, they have no interest in you or your well-being. I mean, just like Wes Clark said, it's September twenty seventh, and they're like, we're going to war in Iraq. Why? Why? Oh, we don't know. Well, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, be I guess I guess I I feel like there has to be a point to this. I uh, don't believe your government when they tell you things like that. Uh, whenever they say, good uh, you know, whenever the government says uh, there's these bad people out there and we need to go kill them, uh, be very suspicious of that. Um, whenever the government tries to demonize an entire group of people, uh, especially after just trying to frame them for something uh, a specific group of people did, uh, be very wary of that. Don't let that happen. And whenever the government says we're just doing it for your safety, uh, be very be very cautious because uh, that's a lie. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and the government <laughs> will murder millions of people, and then the people responsible for murdering millions of people will get to uh, retire at old age and paint paintings and, you know... Uh, yeah, cute uh, little doggies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then laugh about, you know, murdering millions of people on <laughs> national television. And then a rat, too. <laughs> rat, too. <laughs> you fucking... Ugh. Ugh. You know what? Not enough shoes thrown at that man. Not that enough man... something thrown at that man. Yeah, right. That man needed more shoes thrown at him. Yes. <laughs> might might have learned a lesson if you had to dodge some more shoes. Oh god, I, the man who threw the shoe at him is actually on Twitter. <laughs> I need to <laughs> I, I follow him. Uh, I, I need hero. to find out what his Twitter at is. <laughs> <laughs> Iraq two. Ha ha ha. Fucking yeah. asshole. Absolute fucking scumbag. And what does it feel like if your kid if your kid, it's not like American service people didn't die in these conflicts. It was very small yeah. numbers comparatively, but they did. They were hurt. They were killed. 
So yeah. how do you feel if that's you? Over there just giggles about doing all this and oh, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a wreck too. Unjustified advice. Then what did my kid die for? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> how do you, how can you, <laughs> I don't get it. These people are fucking monsters. <laughs> this is a proper country. These people would be ran into the Potomac. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely launched into the fucking sea and there would be yeah. no there would be n- nobody willing to give them shelter or warmth yeah <laughs> <laughs> like they get to they get to fucking drown in the atlantic yeah that's that's where these people fucking belong there's absolute yeah. just just monstrous behavior do not trust them uh and as we talked about little... anytime anytime the united states government is pushing for a war or trying to demonize a certain group of people even if those the the government they're trying to demonize has done bad things still be very cautious and don't give these people the benefit of the doubt because they they have no concern for human rights whatsoever so don't ever buy that bullshit when they're trying no. to sell you on some human rights justification for intervention they don't care you know we ought to have in that vein um now we'll talk about it off the show I, I want to talk about the Uyghur thing a little bit. Oh, at some point. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's that's that's in that vein. Um, yeah. There's a uh, another another lesson to take away from all of this is take your privacy seriously. Because mm-hmm. uh, the, there is no because the, the and I've said this a million times and this is this is sort of a hobby horse of mine the whole privacy thing right. Um, but I've and I've said this a million times, but the 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 social expectation of privacy is the legal standard for that which is private. Mm-hmm. So so if you if there is a a reason a social expectation of privacy in a thing, and that social expectation is reasonable, which it usually is going to be, then that thing is private and protected by the Fourth Amendment. Right. Um, your subjective expectation of privacy in a thing is, in a thing is part of it. But it has to be reasonable as a social expectation as well. And right. so, and that's what protects your privacy. If, if you do not take this stuff seriously, eventually you get enough years of the TSA, you get enough years of the NSA, collection of many data, you get enough, you get enough of everybody sucking this up, eventually people stop caring. There's no social expectation to protect you anymore. Yeah. So this is a that's that has to be taken very seriously as well. That's another lesson to walk away from all this with. Absolutely. Um, and again, that's a hobby horse of mine, but it's it's I think it's important. Um, it is. Yeah. And yeah, don't trust your government, man. Don't trust your government when they tell you that that when they start feeding you lines about why they got to go kill people. Well, no, you don't. The people you watch on TV every day, your representatives, the senators, congressmen, uh, heads of state. These are the, some of the worst human beings ever imaginable. And you should not look at them any differently than you would look at uh, um, a, mur- a common murder. In fact, no, you should look at them differently because in fact, they're much worse. Because yes. Generally the murderer doesn't go on national TV and uh, act like you should thank him for his uh, deeds. Yeah. Um, uh, they're, they're just monstrous, monstrous people. Uh, Absolutely. No respect. No respect for them at all. Uh, they don't deserve it. <laughs> and uh, again, you know, try, you know, the, the, all of this, all of this evil has been done in the name of people who were killed by a, a monstrous act um, yeah. in New York and Washington. Uh, 
uh, what is it, 21 years ago today. Yeah. And, and those people, those people justifying these acts in the name of those people, I think is one of the sickest aspects of this whole thing. Not, not just the fact that they're responsible for the deaths of millions, right? That's not the sickest part of it. <laughs> the sickest part of the whole thing is that they do it from atop people who were just caught in the crossfire of geopolitical chess that yep. they had nothing to do with. Absolutely. And those are the people who that's those are the what everyone's talking about never forget, never forget, never forget. It's not never forget so we can kill Iraqis. It's not never forget right. so we can kill Afghanis. Yeah. It's not never forget for any of that shit. It's those people. Those people are yeah. who you don't forget. Yeah. And you do not let people get away with justifying terrible, terrible evils in their name. That's right. <sighs> well, this has been an excellent conversation, if a little depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was necessary, though, right? Like, it's, it's one of those things that needs to be said. Like, you can't, yeah, you can't just brush over. Like, like I sometimes, you know, there's something to be said about, like, overstating things. But I don't think that you can overstate the crimes of the United States government, really, especially when they continue to happen. Uh, yeah. All we have done, it's, it's fascinating. It, you, can, you can try and, 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 and say all kinds of shit about us having this conversation, but all we've done is list facts. Yeah. yeah. Go check them. If you, if you yeah. doubt us, if you, if you think that we're wrong, yeah. if you think that we're lying to you, go check. Yeah, absolutely. I challenge you to find, outside of maybe me misattributing the source of a story, I, mm -hmm. I challenge you to find anything that we've said that is false. Yeah. Anything at all. Yeah. Because this is all we've done is list facts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh and and again, don't don't let them get away with it. Do not let them get away mm -hmm. with it. They yeah. they must be taken to task. And it's happening. It's happening slowly. Like I said, Abu Zubaydah had a uh had a a case at the Supreme Court. That's that that matters. You know, it, oh, that, yeah, that's a that's a big development, and, and you know, it, it, it's not what I would want it to be, but you know, more most people nowadays will say, yeah, Iraq War was unjustified, uh, even even the person who committed it. So uh, you know, that's, that uh, is the thing. As as sick as it is for him to yeah. <laughs> Iraq to that does <laughs> that does yeah. indicate something. It indicates a, right. a, a general acceptance that that was a mistake. Yeah. And that's that. I guess is a good thing. Yeah. And and we're we're so we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. But it's there's more more needs to be done, and that's I think that's the reason to do this episode is because there's absolutely it's because yeah. we're getting there, but we're not there yet. So if go, this is go a, follow uh, Scott Horton, go follow antiwar.com and keep up to date with, with those sources. Scott Horton, antiwar.com. Go back and listen to his old interviews. Um, yep. Read. Uh, you know what? I'm happy you bring that up. Uh, read Enough Already by Scott Horton. Yes. Read Fool's Errand by Scott Horton. Yes. He also just two released. Uh, I'm sorry. I was what? saying two great books. Absolutely. He also just released another book um, that's about, I Other believe, it's about uh, nuclear uh, deproliferation. 
Yes, uh, he has fascinating interviews, by the way, on that. I said the Pentagon Papers multiple times this episode. I meant the Afghanistan Papers. Um, the uh, he he has had a couple of very fascinating interviews about uh, nuclear about denuclearization, and the one of them was I didn't realize how much that mattered to President Reagan. Yes. I, oh, yes, yes, yes. Before I heard this interview I, that he had, I didn't realize how much Reagan wanted denuclearization and that his staff basically yeah. talked him out of it. Yes. Yeah. The, we almost got rid like the United States and Russia almost got rid of most of our nukes uh, during Reagan. Amazing. It's amazing. They, they were they were this close to a deal. I think that was the uh, Helsinki. Yeah. Was it Helsinki? Well, yes. yes. Yeah, I believe. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was it's a fascinating story. There's an interview on that in Scott Horton's feed. I can't remember which episode that is either because again, he's got six thousand of the fucking things. <laughs> um, that's not overstating it. <laughs> he's got like six thousand no, interviews. Not, that's not hyperbole. That's uh, legit. Um, enough already. Fool's errand. Hotter than the sun. Uh, the Afghanistan Papers and Bush at War. Those are all books that I would read. Um. If you are interested at all in this stuff, uh, hotter than the sun's about the nuclear side of things. And so it doesn't have much to do with the nine 11 conversation and stuff that happened after that. But, um, I actually don't know. Is there Iran stuff in hotter than the sun? I'm not sure. I have not actually picked that one up yet. I haven't either. I've had time. Um, yeah. it's relatively new. Uh, but yeah, they have the Afghanistan papers, especially I recommend that, that you can get, uh, that, uh, in audiobook form. It is amazing. It is absolutely eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, Bush at War, also. Uh, the audiobook for Bush at War is six hours long, and it is, it is one of the most interesting six hours you, you will spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Woodward, you know, people who say he's like a, he's a, he's a, you know, a government shill, and he's all stuff. What the mistake that Bush made when Bob Woodward was writing this book, the mistake that Bush made was Bush basically told his staff... Give him everything. <laughs> yeah. And so Bob Woodward basically took everything. And it is not flattering. The yeah. Bush at war is not about how, oh, good guy George Bush out here just trying to do his best. <laughs> yes. Nope. It is not flattering when you read that book. There are certain personal things about George Bush that could be seen as flattering. I mean, he's there's some moments of empathy with him where it's like there's a certain point at which... Um, you have to think like, well, what the fuck do you do? You know, on September 12th. Yeah. What, what happened with the Bush administration was it got taken so far off the rails that again, by the 27th, they know we're going into Iraq. Yeah. It went so far, so fast. It was totally, totally. And he just, he just went along with it. Awful. Uh, but God, that's that, a fascinating that, book. That image of that image of uh, Bush standing on the on the carrier with the mission accomplished banner behind him. That's fucking <laughs> hilarious! Oh Absolutely hilarious! Oh goodness! Um, yeah, those books I would recommend. I might put links. I might put links in the description because those are those are really 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 good books. Uh, that's good. That feels good. It feels good to end an episode telling people, hey, go read these things. Here's something you can do. Go take this information and, and go learn with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds, that's, that sounds positive. That's like a positive way to end this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go do research. 
Yeah, go read. Go read yeah. some books. Really interesting books, fascinating books. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Okay, well, I suppose we should get out of here. Uh, happy 9-11, I guess. Yeah. Happy 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> it's except for Tyrannus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of The End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.